the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you could always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you won't want to miss. It's a live show. That's right. It's Labor Day weekend, but I am here in studio in beautiful Elk Grove Village. And you can call us at 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online at tandemhr.com or give them a call at 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. As always say, all of our shows are podcasted and uh, uploaded on the website, and there have literally been tens of thousands of you that have downloaded uh, past segments of Get Down to Business, have heard from fantastic guests in the past, and have gotten a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So join those tens of thousands. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. So once again, got a lot of information for you, a lot of great guests today. Uh, we'll be joined throughout the next hour by some fascinating people making an impact in the business community. Um, but first, I wanted to tell you uh, as we go into the tail end of the year, that's right, Labor Day, uh, as they say on TV, uh, I've been watching it all, all day, uh, they say that Labor Day officially begins the general election season um, politically. Uh, and uh, I personally believe that it began a long time ago. I personally believe that the campaign is pretty much over. I'm pretty convinced I know what the results will be. But for all of us in business, we know that uh, it's time to put in a very strong effort as we move into the last quarter of the year uh, to make sure that we end the year with a bang. That's right. We still have one more opportunity, one more month um, before we actually move into Q4 of the year, before the cold weather actually hits. But it's a great opportunity for us this month to get into motion and planning. And wow, what a crazy August it's been. Um, I've had the honor of attending conferences, speaking at different events in Quebec City, in Kansas City, in uh, Las Vegas. I've been all over the place working with some very energetic people involved in some great networking all over the country and really traveling all over the place, working with startups. It's not unusual for summer months to be full, but this year has been exceptionally busy. Why, you may ask, companies and organizations now in September to be a fast start. Instead of clarifying and setting goals by mid-month, expectations are already in place in the March to a spectacular year-end starts on Tuesday, September 6th. 
For those of you looking at your calendar, yes, that's two days away. So yes, while we may be taking a long weekend now, and we certainly should enjoy it with friends and family, as I have been doing all day today and all weekend, uh, Tuesday begins another day, another month, and it's, as I said just a moment ago, it's a great opportunity for you to move into the tail end of the year with a bank. So what about you as an entrepreneur, salesperson, account, or business development representative? Are you ready to meet or exceed your year-end goals? If you're unsure how to answer this question, I want to give you some basic math to help you find out. It isn't a time-consuming task, and the results will set you up for the most successful year yet. Here's the data that you're going to need. A, you want to ask how much revenue have you generated and invoiced up to August 31st? Once again, how much revenue have you generated and invoiced up to August 31st? Write that down. Now, subtract that number from the revenue you want to generate this year. Whatever the number, you have 16 weeks left to make it happen. I'm not including the last week of December because we know that's mostly filled with holidays. So once again, from this point forward, you have 16 weeks left to hit that number. How many individual clients have you invoiced so far this year? That's the quantity, not the quality. How many individual clients have you invoiced so far this year? You want to take that number of clients and divide it into your invoice revenue as of August 31st. That first question that I asked you, and this is your average worth of one client. So once again, you want to look at how much revenue have you generated and invoiced up to August 31st. You want to subtract that number from the revenue you want to generate this year, and you have 16 weeks left to make that happen. Then I want you to look at how many individual clients have you invoiced so far. You want to take that number of clients, divide it into your invoice revenue as of August 31st, and that's the average worth of one client. Divide that average worth into the amount of revenue you still want to generate this year, and that is roughly the number of clients you're going to need to close an invoice in the next 16 weeks. So I ask of you, my friends, how are you going to reach and close those clients? Make sure you have a clear plan in place because the 16 weeks ahead of us before the end of the year, it starts on Tuesday. That means you have the next 36 hours, start planning a goal. As everybody who knows me well knows, I uh, enjoy the weekend, but I'm always, always brainstorming about how I'm going to use the weekend to ensure that I'm going to have a successful week. I try to do that on this show on Get Down to Business to help ensure that all of you will have a successful week in your business lives, in your entrepreneurial endeavors. But this is a good opportunity. You have an extra day of the long holiday weekend for you to brainstorm and think about how are you going to reach and close those clients that you're going to uh, need to bring in in order for you to have a successful end of the year. You have 16 weeks left before the end of the year. That's not including that last week of December. These numbers are all logical and true. They don't carry any emotion, only facts. Facts you can work with to make a substantial difference in how your business is growing. In fact, it's incredibly valued to track even more numbers, such as how many potential clients have you spoken with and met with so far this year? How many have accepted a proposal or participated in a demonstration or agreed to a discovery meeting? How many of these have become clients? I keep track of these things on an ongoing basis for myself all the time, and I encourage you to do the same. Everybody has a different system, as I'm fond of saying regularly on the show. I talk about time management and contact management, and I know that many of our listeners have told me that you use a system that's different than mine. That's fine. I encourage you to do so. 
My point being is that when you're talking about end-of-year goals, you need to have a documented plan of action, and you should be keeping track of these numbers on an ongoing basis. And you should be looking at how many potential clients do you have in the works, how many leads, and how many prospects. For those of you not familiar with the terminology, leads and prospects are both people at different phases of the prospecting uh, opportunity. These are the statistics, the measurements of your sales process. Knowing them allows you, no matter how busy you become with projects for existing clients, to continually generate revenue. For example, in many folks' line of work, a proposal is usually the final step of the sales process. And the closing ratio for me on proposals is usually about 78.5%. I know that number because I keep track of that all the time. So as long as I continually create quality proposals, I can accurately forecast future revenue. As I write this and as I say this, I have 14 proposals yet to be confirmed, and I can be pretty confident that they represent 11 new opportunities. Is this enough for me to reach my financial goals for 2016? Yes, it is. So keep in mind, again, you only have 16 weeks remaining, not including that long holiday weekend at the end of the year, Christmas and New Year's, 16 weeks left to make those goals happen. But you won't know how you're going to reach and exceed those goals if you don't have it documented and put into action. So get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where I have sort of this outline of a sales plan for the rest of 2016 documented. I encourage you to create a system for yourself because I want to make sure that all of our listeners, small business owners, even job seekers, that you have a plan of action of how you're going to reach and exceed your goals for the rest of 2016. Well, it may seem silly being that we're only going into the beginning of September. September 6th, meaning the day after Labor Day, that begins the end of the year. Whether you want to talk about it politically or you want to talk about it in business, it's the end of the year with 16 weeks remaining. I want to make sure you reach and exceed those goals. Remember, you could always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. While you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. I post many networking tips, pieces of advice and information for all of you small business owners out there. Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them at tandemhr.com or give them a call at 630-928-0510, 9280510 and on their website tandemhr.com they post a number of fantastic fantastic resources and pieces of advice and speaking of resources and advice we're going to be joined by Vadim who founded Adar IT in 2005 and is going to be sharing with us some information about cloud computing as well as IT tips in general yes as you follow the news You surely have heard about Hillary Clinton's email scandal. You certainly don't want that to happen in your business. And we're going to be talking a little bit with Vadim about cloud computing and about Adar IT's story of success. Don't touch that dial, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. More for you after the break. Remember, get on my website, shalomkline.com. Listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We love to profile entrepreneurs, but we love to profile people even more that are helping other entrepreneurs. I'm joined by Vadim Vladimirsky from Adar IT. Vadim, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you, Shalom. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the program. Absolutely. So uh, every business these days, uh, every individual really, are. we have to embrace IT. Uh, the challenge is 
many business owners seem to, uh, I guess, get uh, distracted and the IT needs become quite time consuming. Your services are all about ensuring that a business owner can focus and do what they do best. Am I correct? That's uh, that's exactly right. I mean, we we as business owners rely on on technology and our data and applications um, really, you know, much more and more uh, as as time goes on. And it's so important to us running our business, but it's getting so much more complex and difficult to manage. Uh, so when we started the DAR about 11 years ago, our goal was to simplify uh, IT and help manage it for our clients, for our small business and medium business customers, and give them the same level of IT support as you know big Fortune 500 organizations enjoy, but in an affordable price. And that's really important. And you're taking the constant R&D, the research and development uh, out of it as well, because every business has to innovate in order to uh, stand out from the competition. But in this day and age of uh, cybersecurity threats, and uh, Vadim, I think you would agree that small business owners are at much at, at as much or perhaps more at risk than some of the larger companies that have teams and teams of people dedicated to protecting themselves. We need to be innovative and we need to protect ourselves. And your team takes the work out of that process. I understand you just rolled out a new platform called uh, Nerdio, or uh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. You um, are. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Well, Nerdio, I, I like the name of that. And uh, it's fascinating uh, from what I've read. But if you don't mind, tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about it. Absolutely. I mean, so the concept behind Nerdio is is really simple. You know, if you think about how we as consumers, um, you know, consume things like like movies and shows, it, it really has changed dramatically over the last few years. Where, you know, we used to go to Blockbuster and rent DVDs and put them in our DVD player at home. You know, now really nobody does that. We we go on Netflix, we go on Hulu, and we stream the movie to any device that we may be using at any location, and it's really seamless and, and easy to do. Um, and the, the concept behind Nerdio is making IT be a streaming IT, uh, make it as easy as it is for you to stream a movie to your you know, iPad. We, we make the IT system for small and mid-sized businesses as easy to use and access as streaming movies. So we take all the complexity, all the data and applications, and we put them in a private cloud where our security experts and our teams constantly watch and monitor it, and we give small business um, small businesses access to that data in a very easy way. That's fantastic. What a great resource. So once again, we're chatting with Vadim Vladimirsky, the founder of Adar IT, a uh, Chicagoland-based business. So Vadim, you understand what business owners are facing because... You are a business owner, and uh, I understand uh, Adar recently celebrated uh, a little over uh, 10, 11 years in business, and I, I know you deal with the same challenges that many of your clients are facing, but there must be a story behind Adar. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started and the team that you have in place supporting your clients' efforts. Absolutely. Uh, so we started back in 2005, uh, so just over 11 years ago. And, and as I mentioned, you know, we really started the company when we realized that small businesses were struggling to manage their IT needs. And, and we knew a better way because we, we were doing uh, IT consulting for companies in the Chicagoland area. Uh, we knew that there were technologies out there that were being used by larger organizations that smaller businesses could really benefit from. So we set out to develop a service 
um, that was pretty revolutionary at the time. You know, now cloud is, is kind of ubiquitous and, and everyone uses it. But back then, it was a pretty revolutionary concept. Um, you know, many people ask me why why the name Adar, uh, and and the reason the name the name of the company was Adar is because we found it in the Hebrew month of Adar, which is a very joyous and and fortunate month. So we wanted to uh, to kind of uh, borrow some of that good fortune from uh, from the Hebrew calendar for uh, for the company that we were starting at the time. That's fantastic. So uh, cloud computing is something that we hear a lot about. And uh, I've actually visited your offices and seen the uh, the war room, uh, if you might call it that, the, the teams of people involved in not only uh, actively working to upgrade and constantly improve uh, your clients' environments, but also protect information and protect data because that's what business owners are are working so hard to do. We're, we're all working on our respective projects. So, Vadim, I love to pick our listeners uh, and our and our guests' uh, brain on, on some tips and advice that uh, that they might have. So, uh, Vadim, uh, it's it you know uh, emails are in the uh, are in the headlines a lot these days, thanks to uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton and her and her emails and the DNC's emails being uh, being uh, displayed all over the place. Um, tell us if there's one bit of information that. Uh, that you think a business owner should put into motion before the end of the year, what would it be in terms of protecting themselves? Well, you know, I think if you, if you force me to pick one, I would say, you know, user education uh, would be the one I, I would suggest uh, that every small business owner um, look into. And by user education, I mean just helping helping their employees identify, you know, what's a phishing scam versus a legitimate email. Because what, what you're seeing nowadays is most of the attacks are not necessarily highly technically sophisticated, but they're using various social engineering techniques. And, and you know, having uh, many users and many customers that we support on a day-to-day basis, we see a lot of these attempts, and they're quite clever. Um, you know, malicious uh, companies or, or individuals try to fool uh, you know, employees of certain company to either give them information, make bank transfers, open up files, and those are getting more and more sophisticated. So I, I would say help your users understand what's, what's legitimate, what's not legitimate, and really be a little bit more skeptical, especially when it comes to opening files, making bank transfers, um, doing anything that, that just doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right, it's likely there's something going on, and you should just pick up the phone and call. Don't reply to the email, because a lot of times the hackers have thought of that, and when you reply to the me- email, it's actually going back to the hacker. Uh, so that would be, you know, again, if you force me to pick one, that would be the top one in my mind. Well, that's uh, important advice, and it was as recently as uh, just the other day that I uh, was selling something online, and and somebody uh, somebody said that they uh, that they uh, would that they were sending me a PayPal payment, and uh, it certainly was not a PayPal payment. It came from a an email address that did not look right. I didn't click that uh, button because you would have been upset at me, Vadim, if I would have, and uh, instead obviously realized it was a scam. And and it doesn't. Uh, it, it's not just for the sophisticated among us or the very large companies that are again facing attacks and, and under threats. In fact, it's 
small businesses that might not even have the resources to protect themselves. So, Vadim, you, uh, you, you've certainly grown uh, your business, and, and I know you're based in Skokie, and I know you're protecting a lot of protecting and helping a lot of companies, and we'll be sure to get your information in just a moment. But, Vadim, one more question for you. What was the most surprising thing for you after starting, after founding Adar in 2005 about running a business um, yourself? Um, you know, that's, that's a great question. I would say the most surprising thing for me was how um, how hot the technology market has become in Chicago um, over the years, over especially, I would call, I would say the last five years, where um, finding, you know, quality, uh, quality talent and, and finding individuals uh, that have the right skill set in the technology field, specifically in Chicago, um, has been a lot more difficult uh, than, than I anticipated when starting the business. You know, at, at that time in 2005, that probably wasn't the case, but also, you know, this being my first, um, you know, sizable company that I was running, uh, that's something I did not anticipate. So I, I would say that was probably one of my biggest uh, surprises fascinating. Uh, since we started. Absolutely fascinating. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Vadim Vladimirsky, the founder of Adar IT, and started in 2005. Um, really great information, and I know our listeners will have questions for you uh, to learn more, uh, how can they uh, get in touch with uh, the team at Adar? The best way to get in touch with us is visit our website, getnerdio.com. That's getnerdio, one word, dot com. Uh, also, uh, to, to help with some of these security tips and kind of stay current with the latest uh, things going on in the world of technology and IT, specifically for small businesses, sign up for our blog. Uh, we have uh, you know a, a daily post coming out regarding various latest security threats. Uh, so that's another way to stay educated and know what's going on. Fantastic. Well, Vadim, we appreciate your time and your advice. We'll be sure to check back in with you again in the future. Uh, until then, uh, don't touch that dollar, Chicago. We've got more for you. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Happy Labor Day weekend. And I hope you're enjoying with friends and family. And as I've been saying throughout the show, we're moving into the tail end of the year, uh, which means it's certainly an opportunity to look back at the uh, at the past many months and uh, plan on ending the year with a bang. Um, the Institute for Veterans and Families, the IVMF, has, has certainly done that, um, not just looking at things for themselves, but really in trying to maximize and uh, and help uh, veterans and families, and I'm thrilled to be joined uh, by uh, Rosalinda Mori, uh, who uh, joins me on the phone to talk about a recent uh, paper that uh, that they pulled together, a recent study about workforce readiness, the relationship between job preferences, retention, and earnings. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Absolutely. So I, I know you've been doing a lot of work in studying uh, the uh, the relationship between, um, between, I guess, workforce readiness, the transition between military to civilian life for many veterans. And, and I'm curious, what are the highlights from that study that you recently conducted? Right. So actually this, this particular study and this paper is, a, a, is part of a series of workforce readiness briefs. Um, in this particular paper, we really tested this proposition of, of examining that relationship between job preference and military skills on a variety of different outcomes, such as job retention and, and earnings. And what we found was, you know, we looked at those that transitioned well and those that didn't, but what we really found were that there's three key factors that made somebody 
stay at jobs longer and earn more money. And those factors were, one, you know, if they're in a job that they prefer to be in, uh, two, if that job generally matched their occupations that they were trained for in the military. And this also goes into the skills. Well, I want um, to touch three, on that piece for, for a moment because okay, I yeah. think it's about finding the – and I think you, you implied this in the paper – it, it's one thing, you know, we talk about veterans and certainly we, we, we want to do all that we can for the veterans, but it's also a, we, we've got a tough economy out there. I think one of the highlights from your paper, which I found fascinating, is it's about finding the right job fit for both the veteran and the employer. And do you yeah. feel right now, are we not doing a sufficient job of that? No, I think that we're working towards that. I mean, if you think about five years ago, unemployment was at an all-time high for veterans and so forth and so on. And now the numbers are getting lower and lower. But we're not talking about just finding a job. We're, finding, we're talking about finding careers. And at the point of the paper is that the sooner, especially those transitioning service members, when they start thinking about what they want to do after the military, if they start aligning themselves to get better position, they'll do better quicker uh, and sooner uh, than those that wait so long after. Um, and I know that with companies like USAA and other employers, we're really doing a better job at that. Well, that's important, and, and I know it results in better uh, employer retention and other positive career outcomes, um, and you, yeah. you emphasized that term career earlier. So you're the Director of Applied Research and Analytics at the IVMF, once again, the Institute for Veteran uh, and, and Military Families, and I think that, uh, that this study is, is fascinating. Tell us a little bit about the highlights from the other two papers that have been released by your team about, uh, about the business case for hiring veterans. And, and I'm asked this question all the time in the business community, but curious, what are some of the highlights of the studies that you've conducted? Right. Well, the first paper really talked about this concept of workforce readiness. What does it mean for both the veteran and employer and so forth? Um, and then the second paper really is much more for the employer. And I know um, that we have Mike on the phone, and he can talk from his perspective from USAA. But really um, aligning the veterans that you have to maximize that talent, that rare, valuable talent that they bring to employers. And it, it is that strategy that employers can take um, from the hiring, from recruiting, and so forth and so on to align them best to beat, uh, to maximize the uh, outcome of the employment. And as you mentioned, we've got Mike Kelly, who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes on the phone um, from USAA, talking a little bit more about this study and a little bit about the numbers of veterans that are transitioning from military to civilian life. And, and again, talking about workforce readiness and how we could be doing a better job of that. Um, but if you don't mind, just tell us uh, in, the, uh, in the few seconds that we have remaining a little bit about the Institute for Veterans and Military Families and how people can, uh, can learn more about your work at Syracuse University. Right, no problem. So the Institute, we do a variety of things. Obviously, uh, I do research, and a lot of the uh, the things that I do is more pertaining about uh, veterans and employment. We also do a lot of research studies on higher education since we are at Syracuse University. But another thing that we do is we have programs, and this sort of aligns right back to employment. But we have we offer programs free to veterans. Um, we started with one of our oldest programs, the EBV uh, program, which is the Entrepreneurship for Boot Camp for Veterans with Disability, uh, really focused on uh, you know giving veterans the skills and training needed to start and grow their businesses. 
all our programs, whether it's entrepreneurship, we do have other uh, IT tech programs, uh, are offered free at no cost to the Amazing, amazing. We're, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, in just a few moments, we're going to be joined by Mike Kelly from USAA, who will uh, continue the conversation. But in the meantime, vets.syr.edu is, I believe, the best place for people to, uh, to find more about your work. Yes, that is correct. Fantastic. Vets.syr.edu. Again, we appreciate your time. Uh, the Institute for Veteran and Military Families at Syracuse University. And more from Mike Kelly at USA talking about the transition from military to civilian life. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We are thrilled to be rejoined by Mike Kelly uh, from USAA. And I know you've partnered with the IVMF, the Institute for Veterans and military families, and uh, keep up that fantastic work. And you partnered on that study, and what I found fascinating are some of the numbers of veterans that are transitioning from military to civilian life. And obviously, as Rosalinda was just saying, the, uh, the, the challenge that we have in getting them ready. But, Mike, what are the numbers? Well, the numbers are pretty significant, even uh, with the current downsizing, you're looking at 200,000 service members are going to transition out of the military every single year. So over the next five years, that's more than a million service members who are going to be looking for a new career. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So I know USAA, you partnered with IVMF on this study. What were some of the other highlights that your team at USAA has have really focused on? And more importantly, what are you doing? I know we heard some of the statistics and some of the data from Rosalinda just earlier in the program. What uh, what are what are the steps needed to make a positive impact on uh, on how to position both employers and veterans uh, to sort of merge the two areas and be the best matchmaker that you can be? Yeah, well, the beauty of this relationship with IVMF is that it's exactly what these papers are designed to do. So we're now into the third of four papers, uh, and these short, easily digestible research papers are intended to really touch on several workforce readiness topics that include career preferences, job matching, employer perspectives, and how to retain them. You know, it's not just a matter of them getting a job. It's a matter of creating a fulfilling career for them and retaining them. So the important thing is, I think, in, in each of these studies is that we discover that each of the people involved in this have a responsibility. The veterans who are transitioning have a responsibility to take advantage of all the resources that are available to them, and employers have a responsibility to understand the value that those veterans bring to the workforce. So we talked a little bit about workforce readiness. We talked about that uh, examining the interactions between career preferences, job matching, performance and retention. Let's talk about the uh, about the, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, things like financial readiness and spouse employment and workforce readiness, because those are things that, again, aren't directly related to them being necessarily a veteran, but it, it's, it's family life. And, and many of us, we have a spouse that might be working, maybe not working. Uh, have, did, did the team at USAA and, IV, and IVMF look at those statistics and data as well? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, at USA, we're probably serving military members and their families and have been since 1922. So we have more than 11.5 million members of USAA, and our key focus is on their financial readiness. So if you don't have a job and you're not bringing in money to help take care of your family, that's a significant impact. And that's why we are so committed to making sure that we can help 
service members as well as their spouses uh, find meaningful careers. So you're looking at the full picture, which is really important, and uh, and I find that fascinating. And, and of course, before the end of the uh, segment, we'll make sure that you are able to share more information on how our listeners can find the, the study in its entirety and learn more, because it really is a fascinating read, uh, particularly in this Labor Day weekend as we talk about uh, as we talk about the workforce and we talk about we we talk so much about how we can help veterans but this is really a a very practical step but i'm i'm really fascinated we are the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship after all i want to talk about the employer side of things for a moment when when your team uh, conducted the study and uh, i know you talked earlier about workforce readiness and job matching uh what did you hear from employers? What was their perspective on workforce readiness and some of the key factors and practices that help influence retention and job satisfaction among employees in general, but certainly the veterans among them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the things that we learned right away was the opportunity for career progression. Uh, if you think about USAA, we, we are essentially a call center environment. Sixty percent of our 29,000 employees are on the phone every day with our members serving their needs. So that's not an easy job, and there's not often uh, as quick upward mobility as most military people are used to. So for us, it was helping to level set with the veteran that, hey, we, we have a career progression that may not match exactly with what you're used to in the military. And then on the employer side, for us at USAA, it was helping our managers understand the value that a veteran brings. They might interview a veteran and interview someone else who has a four-year degree and maybe some experience in um, uh, customer service roles. Well, we can teach them the customer service part. The intangibles are those things like leadership and adaptability and thinking quickly and having that agile thinking that allows them to serve our members better. So uh, two key takeaways. Uh, The veterans have to understand the corporate world, and the employers, the corporate world, have to understand the veterans and spouses. Well, Mike Kelly from USAA, Rosalinda Mori from IVMF, we appreciate uh, your work on uh, on the study and all the work that you're doing to merge uh, and, and bridge the divide, rather, between the uh, veterans and the employer community. And I think you're doing a fantastic job, and the study is, fa- is fascinating. I know it's the third in a series, and uh, we certainly uh, will be following up with you in the future. Uh, but, Mike, if you don't mind, share uh, once again for our listeners how uh, how folks can learn more about your work at USAA and, of course, the study from uh, IVMF. Okay, for USAA, we have a lot of our transition tools online. It's very simple, usaa.com slash ETS. ETS stands for Estimated Time of Separation. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate the work that you're doing at USAA. And, uh, again, earlier in the program we shared uh, that website for the IVMF um, at Syracuse University. So check out their website uh, for lots more content and information on the subject. Again, uh, have a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Rosalinda, for joining us on Get Down to Business. After the break, we're going to be talking a little bit more about what growing businesses should know about the Affordable Care Act before the end of the year. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Now it's time for your Business Tip of the Week, which can be your daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Growing businesses, what you don't know about the Affordable Care Act could cost you. Is your company just about to pass or recently passed the 50-employee mark? That's great news. Congratulations. Your company's growing. 
Unfortunately, it also means increased regulation, including potential eligibility in the Affordable Care Act. The IRS recently released the draft instructions for the Form 1094-C and Form 1095-C. Any employer with 50 or more employees is required to complete these forms to report information regarding offers of health coverage and enrollment in health coverage for their employees. It's the government's way of monitoring Affordable Care Act compliance. Now is the time to take the appropriate steps to ensure your company will be compliant with the Affordable Care Act regulations when eligible. Businesses that do not have to comply with these regulations in 2015 are not necessarily off the hook for 2016. Businesses in and around this employee count need to carefully consider the following. Did you hire enough employees in 2015 or 2016 to make you eligible for the Affordable Care Act? The rules state that if you have an average of 50 or more full-time and full-time equivalent FTE employees throughout the prior calendar year, you're subject to the employer mandate rules of the Affordable Care Act. This requires offering appropriate health coverage to your employees and reporting on that coverage to the IRS. Are you providing health insurance coverage to at least 95% of your workforce? That 95% rule is an increase from the 2015 requirement of 70%. This greatly increases the chances of missing an employee due to an, due to an administrative error resulting in a penalty. And if you have more than 50 full-time equivalent employees, you're required to report your coverage offered or lack thereof to your employees and the IRS on the Form 1095-C and 1094-C. If you don't report, you're subject to additional fees on top of any applicable penalties for not offering that coverage. And penalties for not offering coverage or for not reporting coverage have increased in 2016 and will continue to increase each year going forward. If you're approaching the 50 FTE mark, have you considered if your health plan is affordable or if it offers minimum value or minimum essential coverage as defined by the Affordable Care Act? While your broker may be able to help you answer some of these questions, they're often not equipped to help you with the associated IRS reporting. Think about who you will turn to for help with ACA compliance. Tandem HR are good friends who sponsor and support Get Down to Business. They are a professional employer organization, a PEO in the Chicagoland area that assists hundreds of small and mid-sized businesses with ACA compliance. They also help clients save time and money while growing their business by taking on the administrative tasks associated with human resources, benefits, payroll, tax administration, regulatory compliance, and risk management. So again, if any of those questions that I asked you are leaving you stumped and questioning if you're ready for the increased Affordable Care Act regulation and compliance requirements, call our friends at Tandem HR by giving them a ring at 630-928-0510. Once again, 630-928-0510. Or check out the content and the information that they have available for small business owners in the Chicagoland area. Again, they work with hundreds of small business owners and business owners just like you, and they have information that will be relevant, will be applicable for all of you. Check them out, tandemhr.com. They've got a great blog, great information. Subscribe to all the tips by following them on Twitter, uh, liking them on Facebook. But again, be sure to check out their website, tandemhr.com, or giving them a call, 630-928-0510. Speaking of checking out blogs, check out my blog and download podcasts from past episodes of Get Down to Business by visiting my website, shalomkline.com. We've got some great events coming up on the calendar. 
And I want to make sure you don't miss out on any of them. So get on my website, shalomcline.com. While you're there, you actually subscribe so you won't m- miss a single week of guests on this show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We have some great events lined up, including at Suits 2020 coming up in Niles. That's uh, coming up next week. You don't want to miss it. What a fantastic lineup of guests today. Vadim Vladimirsky from Adar IT, Rosalinda Mori from IVMF, Mike Kelly from USAA. And next week, we've got a fantastic lineup of guests. You don't want to miss it. Chicago to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.